Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Before I start our show today, I just want to remind you that we have a bo- another bonus episode this week, which is about sex and OCD. So if you are interested to learn more about it, make sure you're checking it out on the uh, show notes. So it gives you information how to access that episode. Because at times I shared with you guys that I get clients in my office for sex therapy challenges. And when you're talking about the issues that they have, it's not necessarily about sexual part. It comes from their OCD symptoms. So in this in that episode, I'm going to talk about what are some of the ways that our OCD or obsessions get in the way of us enjoying sex and what are some of the solutions. In our conversation today, our guest is Jonathan Miller. We're going to talk about how to have tough conversation around sex. I know that talking about sex and sexuality is tricky for most people, I think it's fair to say, but there are topics like STI or uh, whether you uh, slept with another person or whether you want to open up or close the relationship. These are really tough conversations to have, even for people who are really good with communications. So I thought it would be wonderful to have a person who's specializing in communication to come and join us today. You know, my like growing up, my background is my parents are extremely indirect. So if <laughs> if there's something they want to say, they very subtle about things. So for example, my dad says something and I totally get what he's talking about, but my husband has a more direct way of communication. And I, I reply back to my dad in a direct way because that's how I learned to be. And my husband said, did he mean that? And was the answer, did you reply to what he said? And I laughed because there's no way unless you grew up in that environment, you you would know what that kind of subtle message and underlying message is. So like many of you guys, I uh, worked on my communication skills and this is an ongoing process for me. So I'm, I was excited to have Jonathan on our show today. Jonathan helps high-performing couples upgrade their communication skills to have fight-free relationships. As a speaker, coach, and trainer, Jonathan is dedicated to empowering others to communicate mindfully. He truly believes that the quality of our relationships determines the quality of our life and communication is the main ingredient. Growing up, he was never taught to fully express himself or hear others in a way that fostered connection. He is now committed to sharing his newfound passion for clear communication using his world-class training methodology. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Jonathan Miller. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am very excited to have Jonathan Miller on our show today. Jonathan, welcome to our show. Pleasure to be here. I am very excited for this conversation because, you know, as many of our listeners know, talking about sex is hard. 
And also we thought about maybe we can talk about the tough conversation when it comes to sexuality. Most people, you know, they can talk about what position they want. Or I have to say like some some people are comfortable talking about fun stuff. But when there are things that are challenging, like SDI or infidelity and all sorts of uh, kind of a more challenging conversation, I see, I hear that many people feel stuck and they avoid the conversation and then they have to kind of face the consequences later. It's very common to avoid those tough conversations. I think that's kind of our default action. And it often has to do with the fact that we lack the tools to actually have mm-hmm. those tough conversations. So I'm hoping that we can cover some of those tools today. Excellent. Excellent. So I would imagine many of my uh, listeners, similar to me, they didn't learn, they didn't have good sex education. I had no sex education. So they don't know how to talk about things when they're kind of first starting with wanting to have sex for the first time with the lover. So what, what do you recommend people to talk about before having sex for the first time? And I'm so glad you asked this question. And, you know, it's so interesting. You just said that a lot of people haven't learned how to talk about sex. And I think that this is just one of those big, big topics of conversation that we want to talk about and don't have the necessarily the tools. Like this is a big topic of conversation, money as well, parenting. There's just these common conversations that we have in partnerships that we typically find challenging. And it's because they're really important. The, the stakes are really high. It's a big part of our lives. It affects us on a daily basis. So obviously, these are really important things that we want to talk about. Now, when it comes to talking about having sex for the first time, this can be a pretty big deal because we want to, we kind of want to get it right, don't we? We want to make sure that we can mm-hmm. strategize as much as possible and make sure that we say just the right thing to have just the right conversation. The first thing I think that is important to remember is that especially as we start a partnership with somebody, we really want to make sure that we're going for clarity and we're also going for authenticity in our conversation. If you're going to withhold information, if you're going to be strategic about what it is that you're sharing, I think that that's going to come and it's going to get you in the long run. It's not going to serve you well. So that's the first thing. We want to make sure that we have the right volition heading into this. Now, another thing I want you to remember and this is so important, I probably will end up saying this a few times while we're chatting, is that you can't control their reaction. We can't change their mind, we can't change the way that others behave, and we can't change the way that they're gonna react to any conversation that we have. And it's so funny, that's why communication skills are so challenging, it's, they're so dynamic, these interactions are all happening in real time, they're super complex, We have no idea what they're going to say back to us in our response, no matter how much we plan it. So just have that aspect of being able to let go, to let go of whatever notions that you had, whatever outcome that you wanted, and just kind of go with the flow. Now, when it comes to talking about having sex with your partner for the first time, I'd say one really important thing is to highlight and be clear about what it is that you do know about yourself. Highlight what you do know that you like, what you do know that you don't like, and make sure to also ask them as well. Now, and especially if you're starting a relationship, I mean, you do want to get this to the surface. Now, it might be challenging at first to kind of get this all, but at least start the conversation, start to get it going. And 
as you progress in your relationship, I don't know about you, but I imagine that there are things that will come up. There are boundaries that maybe will be crossed. And that's the funny thing about boundaries is we often don't know that they exist until they've been crossed. And so as soon as they are crossed, it's just really important to speak up, to make sure that your partner knows, and to also reassure them that it, they're not doing anything wrong. It's just that this is a boundary. And, you know, I still think you're wonderful and I still think you're attractive and I still want to continue this relationship. So in terms of talking about your, with your partner for the first time, I'll kind of recap. First off, you really want to go for clarity and you want to be authentic. Be as real as possible. And don't, don't try to be strategic because people can smell that. They, they know right away when you're not being fully authentic. The next thing I would say also is to make sure that you know that you, you can't control their reaction. So if you want to engage with them in a conversation about having sex for the first time, they may not react the way that you expect. Don't try to hold on to any particular outcome. Be okay with that. You cannot control their reaction. And if anything, this might be a flag of some future problems that you might have in your relationship. So make sure that you're just trying to keep the dialogue open and you're not trying to like control any sort of outcome. And the last thing I wanted to cover is the idea that you, this actually I didn't actually mention and I want to, is that often these things, you know, when these boundaries come up, especially these things don't get covered all in one conversation. It's not like you're sitting down at the beginning of your relationship and you have a nice little checklist and you go, okay, let's have the sex talk now. So these are all the items we need to cover. We're going to talk about this, this, and this. What do you like? What you don't you like? And everything gets down on that piece of paper. Now, that's not how it goes down. It, it, it's rarely just these. It's a single conversation. It usually happens over many, many conversations. So try to cover as much as you can. And try, you know, tr try to cover as much as you can. And then proceed with that. And then come back and revisit that conversation. Don't try to expect to get it all in one go. And be understanding and forgiving of both your partner and yourself. And I think that you're going to be off to a really great start. And I think one thing you mentioned that's so important is even if you're the best communicator in the world, the outcome like is out of your control in the sense that you can be clear about what you want and you can say it very, very clearly, but you cannot necessarily force people or change their mind if that's, that's not something they want. Because at times my clients tell me, you know, tell me how can I say this, that my lover or spouse be on board with doing this. If it's not within their boundaries, A, you don't want to manipulate them to do, do those things and they would be kind of resentful and frustrated. But also the other piece of it is if it's not, they don't want to do it, no matter what you're saying, it's not going to change their mind. So I think it's very important to keep in mind, as you said, that what are some of the things you have control over? And what are some of the things that are out of your control? One thing that I think it's important is about the timing. So it's like, you know, sometimes sex happens early on. You kind of know when it's going to happen after like when you start dating someone or you're in this casual relationship and, but you don't know exactly when. So you want it to be kind of more spontaneous. When would be a good time to have these conversations? Because certainly right before you guys having an intercourse is not definitely a good time. So what's your recommendation, Jonathan? You know, that's a, that's a tricky question because I really do think it depends on the couple. You know, there, there are so many variables to that. There's so many 
different, yeah, there's so many different factors that can come into play. It really depends on how comfortable each person is with their sexuality and their past sexual experiences. It depends on how well you know each other. Did you know each other before as friends or are you just meeting for the first time on, you know, Tinder or something like that? I mean, another factor is your past, like I said, your past experiences. I would just to elaborate on that. I mean, who knows what this partner you might just be meeting for the first time, who knows what their background is? They may have been brought up in a way that has them not talking about sex very often. And so that might factor into the idea that they're not really comfortable about talking about it right away. And there's also this expectation, I, I, lo- I like love that you mentioned it, this expectation that we want it to be spontaneous. Oh, isn't life so much more fun and enjoyable when everything just kind of happens seamlessly and spontaneous and we don't have to say a word? And there's a challenge to that as well is because life isn't always spontaneous. And it's maybe not as romantic to have the sex talk, you know, maybe a few dates in, you're like, all right, let's, let's sit down and have this te- sex talk. It's maybe not as romantic. It's really, you have to ask yourself what you want at the end. How seriously do you want to take this relationship? And if sex is a really important thing to you, if this has come up in past relationships and you want to make sure that it goes as smoothly as possible, I mean, I'm, again, all about clarity and authenticity. You can ask my partner as well. I mean, I love being super direct about things, you know, and if it's something that I'm really considering, I don't wait too long. If, if this is a new partner that I had and I knew that we were interested in each other, I think I would have the sex, the sex talk pretty soon. That being said, if it's something that you're not entirely comfortable with and you want to take that chance for it to be sp- more spontaneous and maybe have it afterwards, then that's all to you. So that, that's my very long answer to say that there's no hard, fast rule. It really depends on your level of comfort, your partner's level of comfort, and really what the goal is for your, this, you know, the sex in your relationship, in your relationship. Like, what is that goal? What do you want to get out of it? Do you want it to be based on clarity and authenticity, or do you want it to be based on spontaneity and just kind of see what happens? And I think along the same line with that is I highly encourage people to definitely have the conversation beforehand, especially if you haven't had like way before, like outside the bedroom, maybe like on a date that you're thinking you're going to be intimate. Or as you mentioned, if it's really important for you during first couple dates, if you guys are dating, because what happens is you don't want to you want to feel safe. And sometimes people with the issues of consent, which is very important, people, they kind of have this expectation around the partner knows where is the line and it's not being communicated directly. So as you mentioned, it's really important to be clear about what you want and what don't you want, especially with a new lover. Absolutely. And if I can add one thing, I see this way too much, you know, we're kind of afraid to ask for what we want. And I love that you mentioned this consent thing. I mean, it's so big. And so much of the issues that we're having around consent is just we're not talking about it. We're not talking about it before it happens. And we just, we, if, we, if you really want to avoid it, you just talk about it up front. And one piece of advice that I have, this, this goes for communication for life, but definitely in this particular situation is when you, want, when you want something in life, you ask for it. You know, if you think about any world leader, whether you like them or you don't like them, 
one thing is really clear about every world leader. You know, I live in Canada right now. We have the prime minister. His name is Justin Trudeau. One thing I know about Justin Trudeau, whether I like him or not, is I know exactly what he wants. It's written on a website somewhere. His party line is very clear about what they want. They say exactly what they want. And then guess what? They get what they want because they're making it really clear. That's why I'm also like all about clarity. So when it comes to making sure that you're getting what you want, especially if having this sex talk is really important to you, then ask for what you want and make it really clear and you'll have less chances of being upset by, by that. Well, about the same kind of a conversation around with new lover or possibly with someone that you've been intimate in the past, one of the I feel the most challenging conversation around sex is when you want to talk about your SDI or STD with your partner and talking about something as vulnerable like that. And I, and again, it's just so common that these days that our people have these conditions and they just feel stuck. They don't know how to talk about it. What are some of the do's and don'ts that you recommend people to consider when they want to have that conversation? Definitely a tough conversation, and it's totally normal to feel intimidated to approach a partner, particularly a long-term partner, about this very tricky topic because there are you know, huge ramifications that are possible with this. And I have a few recommendations around how to approach this very tricky topic. The first recommendation I have is around a communication technique that I like to call talking about the talk. And the way that this kind of goes down is when there are things that I have a really hard time talking about, maybe it's a really difficult conversation that I have to have with my partner about whatever it is. What I like to do is I like to talk about the fact that I don't know how to talk about this thing with them. So what that might look like is say that you really want to share about an STI with your partner. What you may start the conversation with is something along the lines of, you know, I want to share something with you. I'm feeling really nervous and I'm feeling really intimidated to talk about this. And I really value the relationship that we have and having trust and transparency in our relationship. And so I want to talk to you about the fact that, you know, I have this STI and it's a really big part of my life. And I think it's super important to share with you, but I'm really intimidated to talk about it. I just don't know how to approach this thing with you. What do you think about this? How, how, would, how do you want to talk about this really important thing for me? And what we're doing at the end there is we're also, we're getting curious. That's such an important part of any conversation. We often go in trying to deliver a message rather than get curious and find out what's going on with their experience. So that's one technique I would offer is to talk about the talk. When you're not really sure how to talk about it, talk about the fact that you're not really sure how to talk about it. Because then you can, at a higher level, address, okay, well, how do we talk about this tricky topic? You're talking about the context. And then you get into the content of, the, of actually, like, you know, what is it like to talk about? What is it like to be with an STI? And, and how do you feel about it? And blah, blah, blah. So that's one technique I'd kind of offer there for listeners. The other one I would offer is what I call the committed point of view. Now, one thing that's super important in communication is intentions. We are, as human beings, obsessed with intentions. We care so much about everyone's intentions. 
and it's part of our biology. We're, we're, we're programmed to, you know, survive and be safe. And we want to know what's going on in everyone else's head. We want to know, is this person, person uh, someone I can trust? Or is this person someone I can't trust? Are they going to hurt me? Are they going to harm me? So our mind is on constant alert to make sure that we stay safe. And when we're talking to people, we desperately want to know what their intentions are. If you think about getting a, a sales call or a sales pitch from somebody, it doesn't feel great often to get that sales pitch because you kind of know what their intentions are. Their intentions are to sell something, and it's not really for your benefit specifically. And so you don't feel good. You kind of feel slimy about it. And so what we want to do in our conversations, particularly with our partners who we, we I hope, care deeply about, and we care deeply about this relationship, is that we want to make our intentions clear. Because what that does is as soon as intentions are made clear, then the, then the other person can start listening from a place of trust rather than from a, can I trust what this person is going to say? Even with their partner, that's the craziest part. The mind does not, does not pick preferences. It, just, it, it's just, it does not discriminate. It goes, this is a blanket thing for everyone. And so the way that the committed point of view works is we start talking about what we're committed to. And essentially, that's a declaration of our intentions. So if I had an STI and I was going to talk to my partner about it, what I might say to my partner is, I might say, you know, I want to let you know that I'm committed to making this relationship absolutely incredible and being fully transparent with you and fully authentic with you. Now, here's my thing that I want to share with you. And then you can share that thing with them about the STI or whatever it is that you want to share about that. You can also get curious. What, what do you think about an STI? If, if you were dating a partner, you know, how, how would that, with an STI, how would that impact you? And get curious and find out what's going on and then share your point of view. And just make your intentions really clear that you're not trying to corner them. You're not trying to get them to do something or be a certain way that you are looking for clarity in your relationship and you're looking to share and you're looking to build trust. And I think that's going to go a long way in your conversations. And I think I, I really like that you focus on the safety thing because it reminded me of some other factor that as human being, we are kind of wired in a way to see who's safe and who's not. I think most of us and uh, we don't want to share vulnerable information with people that we don't feel safe with. But I think, yes, if you don't feel safe with that information, then the partner might not be a good lover or sexual partner because I think we don't, at times I hear clients sharing these informations and then the person might share it with other people or the fear is what if I share that? The, the potential lover would talk about it with other people and I would feel shame and guilt about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely see that possibility, yeah. Well, I think the other piece of thing is around the communication is that kind of like we are at times projecting kind of like our expectation and the way we kind of think that the partner or the lover, they think the same way that we're thinking. I, I definitely had this kind of situation with my clients that they're sharing with me. Some people, they really don't care. If you have an SDI, they, they want to be safe, but it's not a deal breaker for them. And for some people also, it can be a deal breaker. But again, if you don't share that with the potential lover, you wouldn't know. 
Absolutely. That's, that's the whole clarity and authenticity thing. And this is a partner you're going for. This is maybe this might, I mean, if, if you're, you know, sadistic and this is like a one-time thing and you're just like, not going to tell them, I mean, do, do whatever you need to do. But if this is a partner, you're really trying to build trust and transparency and authenticity in your relationship, then I would say you'd want to be upfront about that kind of stuff. And I think one thing that can make it more complicated, I certainly uh, have seen it many times in my practice that when you're having an affair or you had kind of a one night stand with her or a long term affair and you got this SDI from the not this primary partner, secondary partner. So I think that makes it challenging. And I wanted to know, first of all, how what are what do you recommend as far as how to tell our partner if we slept with someone else? And then uh, second part of it is in what context of SDI, how can we talk about that? This was the uh, result of that kind of the, the betrayal. That is a difficult conversation and a half. Let's just say that right off the bat. There's a lot at play here. And the first thing I want to tell you is that there are no magic words. I'm not going to be able to teach you these, these words, the script that you can say and everything will work out okay. Especially if in this relationship that you have, there was either a spoken or an unspoken agreement that you would not have a sexual affair with anyone outside the relationship, then it becomes really, really challenging. Now, if that was already part of the agreement and it happened, I think there's a lot less complications and there's more just opportunity to be super clear and straightforward about what happened and how you as a team, you want to approach this. But in this situation where you slept with someone else, you didn't necessarily tell your partner. And what you want to do is you want to build trust and you want to build transparency in your relationship and you've got this SDI, it's really important to share that with them. I'm going to keep going back. I mean, ultimately, the way that you want to do this is to be clear and be transparent. You can avoid this conversation for only so long, but at the end of the day, this will be a thorn in your relationship. We want our relationships to be based on trust. Without that trust, the relationship erodes. And so it's super important to at some point talk about this. Now, I want to, again, reiterate the idea is that you cannot control their reaction. So no matter how you head into this conversation, I mean, I imagine that they're going to be a little bit angry. Like, they're going to be at least a little oh, bit I'm angry. I'm sure, yes. I mean, a little yeah. would be underestimation, yeah. Right. I imagine if my partner told me this, yeah, I would be angry. And at the same time, then it's up to them on how it is that they are going to react. I imagine in some scenarios, they'd react with anger and it might end the relationship. And that's just uh, the consequence of your actions. There's nothing wrong or right about it. That's just the impact that your actions had. And we want to take away and learn from you know, what, the, what impact our actions have on others. And then hopefully in other scenarios that they can find a level of forgiveness. But in terms of tackling that conversation, I'm trying to think of like a really great way to head into that. So one thing I would recommend in terms of starting off this conversation is to go back to this technique to talk about the talk. I would also recommend that this conversation be in private. And I would also recommend that you Put some time aside in both your calendars, maybe not like booking a meeting like you're at work, 
but make sure that there's going to be no interruptions because this is going to be a longer conversation. That's, that's for sure. So don't do this in the 15 minutes before you have to head out and see some friends. That's not, that's not the best time to do this. Do this when you know you have a block of time where you can talk about it, where you can get into it, where you can allow for the time and space for whatever it is to unfold. Now, when you actually break this news, there's no magical way to break the news. Make sure that you're focusing first and foremost on their feelings. I have this saying, I always say feelings first, then problem solving. Because there's going to be a lot of feelings here. It's going to get real messy. And what you want to do is you want to make sure that they feel heard and understood in that moment. That you're making an effort to really try to understand what's going on for them. Because you, you don't know what's going on for them. That's impossible. But with empathy, you can at least try. And you can show that you're trying. And so what you want to do is you want to listen to them. Really listen to them. And listen for how it is that they're feeling. And acknowledge how it is that they're feeling. It's like, wow, you seem so angry right now. And they're going to say, yeah, of course I'm angry. Blah, 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 blah. And just, just stay with them. Think about what they are going through in this moment. Put your stuff aside and just really be with them. There is this incredible power that comes with acknowledging and validating. And that is one of the biggest missing ingredients that I find in all relationships is that most of us, because we don't learn, you know, communication is mostly uncon like unconscious and unintentional. We're, we none, rarely, rarely do we have formal communication training in life. We just learn communication from what's going on around us. We're born into whatever country and society, and we just kind of pick up the language from our parents and their friends and whoever it is, and we just kind of grow up in this society. So we often don't take time to look at our language. And so we don't learn incredible tools like acknowledging and validating. And so acknowledging and validating will look like well, of course you're feeling angry. It's no wonder, you know, I went off and we had this agreement of trust and I slept with somebody. So of course you're feeling angry. And then they're going to go off and just repeat that process. Really be, where, be there with them. Find out what's going on in terms of how it is that they're feeling. What's going on in terms of their needs right now. And if you need to take breaks, take breaths, because often in these situations, we say things that we regret. And that's because we're not really thinking straight. Our mind is in safety and survival mode. So the brain is rushing away from our prefrontal cortex into our limbs, getting us ready to, for a fight or flight response instead of really thinking critically here, being with the other person. So to recap some of the things that I would say is, first off, you can talk about the talk if you need to. I also said to make sure to take some time, do it in private, and take a break if you need to, and to acknowledge and validate. Don't make this about you because you really want to make sure that they are able to listen to you in the first place. And then you can, and you can only do that by listening to them first. So they're in, they're obviously in dire need of empathy. So put your needs aside for a moment, be there with them, make sure that they can calm down a little bit, that they got out what they needed to get out. And then share, and then share kind of from your perspective why it happened, what happened, and uh, hopefully you can manage the storm that way. Well, also, I think there is this element of taking responsibility for what's 
yours. And I, I and I think you pointed out with acknowledgement, because at times people think if they take responsibility saying that, you know, this, I, I made a mistake and this is on me, kind of like makes the uh, repair process more challenging. But I, I cannot tell you how many times I hear from people, like from the partners that they feel like they've been betrayed with saying that, you know, he or she put it on me. So even if you're thinking there are other factors that contributed to the situation and your partner may or may not contributed to what happened, I would kind of withhold on those comments. I'm going to focus on taking responsibility for my part and my behavior. I love that you shared that. I'm such a huge fan of taking responsibility. I see way too much denial of responsibility happening around us. And it's, it's instinctive. I do it too. I just, you know, it's like, a, I just like don't want to take the blame. I want everyone else to take the blame except me, right? And taking responsibility is such a powerful tool in a relationship because we're often afraid to take responsibility because we become vulnerable. But what we don't realize is that when we take responsibility, we're actually empowering ourselves. Because when we take responsibility, then we are in charge of our circumstances. We, are, we have the ability to actually take action on our experience in life. And when we deny responsibility, we pay the high price of not being able to do anything about that experience. So I really appreciate that you mentioned that. Taking responsibility, so important. And, and if you're not taking responsibility, on top of that, like it's just completely inauthentic. When you are in a relationship and you took this action and you're trying to find other reasons, well, it's because this happened or because that happened. It just comes off as so inauthentic. And if you really want to be your authentic self in your relationship, take responsibility, find out how you contributed to this situation and own it and own it and, and deal with the consequences, take action on those consequences. And I think it was very important when you mentioned that kind of like focus on validating and showing up for your partner and kind of being mindful of what you're saying, because sometimes people feel nervous and they give too much detail that's not helpful for the partner to know. And if this is a partner that you're going to continue, this is, I can guarantee that that would be the last, that wouldn't be the last time you guys are having that conversation. It will come up. And the purpose of this conversation might shift from time to time. Maybe the first time is you're acknowledging and you're talking about, you're focusing on the partner's emotions and just giving them the information that happened. But just, I highly encourage people to think about how much there are sharing because some information that's A, can be traumatizing to your partner and B, there are things, as you said, that you cannot take back. Yeah, I completely agree. And this, that, that's so perfect what you said. And it really hits home the idea. I see too many of my students come up to me and they want, you know, these communication tips and tricks and they expect, okay, you know what? I got it. I know exactly how to do this. I'm going to go home. I'm going to have this conversation and then boop, all of it's resolved. But that's not how it works. These things don't happen over the course of one conversation, especially these tough conversations. They happen over the course of many conversations. They all kind of add up as one larger conversation. So I love the love your input of taking it like a little bit at a time and going from there. And I think the, another very tough conversation and the topic is talking to your partner about 
opening up or closing the sexual relationship for any reason that you might kind of consider you want to, for example, let's, let's talk about opening up the relationship. That can be such a tricky topic to talk about and also sensitive topic. So how do you encourage people to talk about it? I mean, first and foremost, the most important thing to remember is this is a relationship you want to build on trust. Now, if this is something that's really important to you, you want to bring it up to your partner. Because withholding that little bit from you, that part, that part of you is holding back a part of you from the relationship. They don't get to fully experience you in the relationship. And I think it's just having a healthy dialogue about it, really. I don't, have, I don't think it has to be necessarily a tough conversation. It can be a simple thing about, hey, I wanted to explore this idea. Can we role play it? Because I think that would be very interesting to role play. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to role play it. So, okay, so who am I going to play here? You're going to be the person who want to open up the relationship because that's going to be the toughest part, I guess. Okay, great. So, okay. Dr. Mowali, you know... Please call me Nala if know. you're having this conversation. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Probably we're on the first name basis. <laughs> okay, I guess we're on the first name basis by now. So, Nas you know that I've really been enjoying this relationship so far and I want to continue to build it with you and continue to build our trust. And one thing that's been on my mind lately is looking at the possibility of opening up this relationship. Have you had any thoughts about that? Is that something that you think you'd ever be interested in? Is that because I'm not interested in a threesome? You brought it up the other night. I said no, and you're punishing me now. Mm, so you're really concerned that the reason I'm bringing it up is because I don't actually love you and I don't actually find you attractive. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I want to let you know that that's definitely not the case. I think that you're so attractive and I can't keep my hands off you. And I'm also really interested in exploring other possibilities. How do you feel about that? I'm not interested. And also, you could have mentioned it when we met, like we've been dating for a while. And now that I have feeling for you, you think I'm not good enough and you're tired of me. Mm. So you're thinking that this is like a little bit unfair that I'm bringing this up now well after we started dating and that I didn't bring it up at the beginning. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can totally see why you would be a little bit upset about that. And I guess the thing is that I didn't really know that this is something that I wanted to do. And it's only once I was able to build this amazing relationship with you and trust you that I really felt comfortable bringing this up with you. And I don't think that I would have brought this up with you if I didn't trust you and didn't feel comfortable with you. Well, I feel very hurt and disappointed from you. And I, I started seeing a future with you, but obviously it seems like that's not what you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see why you would think that. And I definitely do see you in my future. And I can see why that you would be really hurt by what it is that I said. And I think that's why mostly I just want to have a conversation about it. I'm definitely not taking any actions. And I would never think of doing anything like this without first having this conversation with you because you, more than anything, mean the world to me. So that's why I'm trying to open this conversation and see if it's something that we can explore. And if it's not, then we can talk about that as well and, and what that means for us. I think this was excellent to kind of <laughs> getting out of the role. I think a few things that I found was very helpful that you were kind of on the spot reflecting what I was saying. So I was truly feeling that you were tuning in. That's right. Yeah. So uh, a really amazing communication technique, especially in tough conversations, is to reflect what they are saying. And this kind of goes back to this earlier thing I mentioned about feelings first, then problems. 
is that I was constantly listening to how it is that you were feeling in that moment and acknowledging that like you are feeling really hurt right now. You're feeling actually really upset and maybe even a little bit betrayed. I hear that. I'm with you. And once you know that I hear that, your your kind of defenses lower down a little bit and you're going to be more receptive to what it is that I'm going to say. So I highly recommend listeners, whenever you're having these tough conversations, take the time to reflect. Reflecting is so good because it it gives you a chance to make sure you're clear, right? So you're repeating back. You're making sure that you're clear because if you're not clear, then they get to correct you, which is great. You want that clarity. And best of all, what paraphrasing really does, and this is like the secret benefit of it, is it slows down the conversation. Too often we're barreling through and we're just trying to get all this stuff out as quickly as possible. And paraphrasing takes it down a notch. And when we slow things down, we can think more clearly. We can be more mindful about our words, mindful about how those words are impacting others and have a better conversation overall. I think the other part that I thought was excellent, the reassurance that you gave at the end. So it felt like a dialogue versus saying that this is what I'm I'm doing, whether you are on board or not. So I think that that helped me to kind of like feel less angry if I was the partner. Yeah. And that's that intentions piece. Again, we're, we're very concerned about intentions. You were obviously super concerned that I didn't love you and I and I never meant for this relationship to last and I just wanted to use you to da 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 and whatever it is that you thought my intentions were. The fact is that, you know, you didn't know what my intentions were. And after I validated your feelings, I made it super clear where my he- where my head is at and where my heart was at as well. And I think that really helped. There was another thing that I don't know if you picked up on and love to give this one to listeners as well, is that I love using the word and especially instead of the word but. What and does is it allows for both ideas to live. When we use the words yeah, but, especially yeah, but, oh my goodness. It just, when we say yeah, but, we're saying, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but here's why that's completely irrelevant. And so what I love to do is I love to use the word and. I even love to emphasize the word and and uh, keep your butt out of there. Great, great. This was excellent and very helpful. And I think one of this is one of those things that communication that requires lots of practice and also acquiring new skills. And I wanted to make sure I know that you have your own podcast and the communication is something that's part of your profession. So Jonathan, tell us what are some of the offering do you have? What are some of the classes, uh, workshops that you have around communication? I'd love to tell you about all these things. So Yes, my podcast, you can listen to the Mindful Communication Podcast. That's more of a side project. It's just a hobby of mine. I think communication is so cool. So I interview a lot of really smart people who know a lot about communication and all different aspects of communication on this show. So you can check that out. It's called the Mindful Communication Podcast. And also my website, mindfulcommunication.me. And what I do is I help high-performing couples upgrade their communication skills so that they can have a fight free relationship. Because even when couples are doing pretty well together, there's those moments, you know, those moments where we disconnect from one another. And in those moments, we don't want those things to happen. And I want to tell you that I don't have those moments. My partner and I, we've been practicing these communication skills for years. And our last fight was more than two years ago. We have disagreements. Of course we have disagreements. You can't, you can't agree with someone all the time. But the way that we handle them is so tactful. We always keep our cool. 
And we always, we always manage to address feelings and come to amazing conclusions because we're working together. And that's because we, like you said, we've practiced these skills a lot. So what I'm doing is I'm offering a course. It's called the Turn Your FUs into I Love Yous program. And it's a six-week program, and it takes you through how to have a fight-free relationship. And I promise with all these tools that you can have that, that you can have that fight-free relationship and keep that connection in your relationship, keep that partnership going. You can also check me out on Facebook and Instagram, at Mindful Communication, and uh, Facebook is at Mindful Comms. And I give out all sorts of tips and tricks there. So if you're not ready to commit to the course, definitely check those out. I give quick one-minute tips pretty often. Uh, and I think you'll find those really helpful for your difficult conversations in your relationship. Awesome. Thank you so much. I make sure I leave the link in the show notes. And Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on. And it was lovely to talk to you. Yeah, lovely talking to you too. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jonathan. I found the role play part of our conversation mostly useful because it gave me kind of more hands-on strategies to use. And I, I encourage you guys, if there's a conversation that is coming up and that's tough for you to role play with a friend, with a therapist, with a coach, because then you can see, first of all, it gives you opportunity to practice. Second of all, I think I ask the person that what they think about what you said, because sometimes when we're nervous, we come off in a way and we say things or our body language says things that we're not necessarily intended to say or do. So anyhow, if you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and your social media, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.